0: and Jake I can't believe I hired Fred Durst and he didn't listen to the rules what a fucking idiot
1: I don't get that reference
0: you haven't watched Uh, what are we gonna I thought this was the Woodstock 99 episode
1: no well Well, I failed you
0: if you're like me get ready to be mad (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. I've actually done the really shitty move of read reviews of it before I've watched it. Um, But I do know that Fred Durst has a new look, based on the group chat popping this morning.
0: I think that he. I think that was a joke by him, because he said some. The caption, which was not included in that tweet, uh, was something like uh, it was referring to the idea of him being seventy. Oh Okay, yeah, the he said he said thinking about sick. you 70 So I, I assume that he's saying like this is a jokey old picture of me like that. I'm, I'm aged in the photo Hmm, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know
1: <laughs> it was certainly my intention to watch it, but uh, I Don't know dude. I don't know if it's just a time change or what it is But I feel like I just don't have enough time out
0: here. I d- you just can't engage with Durst content That's the issue with California you're too yeah, far from the you're... Matthews Bridge.
1: Yeah, someone needs to take me there. <laughs>
0: yeah. and You
1: know, I know just the guy. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I have a, a specific person in mind.
0: Goddamn Matthews um, Bridge tour guide number one,
1: Mister Otto. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know, dude. It's weird. Like the show ends, it's like one thirty, and it's like I don't even know where my i don't know where the day goes
0: the problem is that the the show ends at 1 30 that's how you don't know how there's enough time come on dude well it's
1: well it's weird because it's like the show's over and i can't even really tell you what i
0: did after the show the
1: last two days (laughs) i mean i i exercised yesterday but like everyone goes to dinner at like five
0: maybe they should illegalize weed out
1: there and uh yeah and we uh we did not go to dinner last night because as I was texting you, we were summoned back to the field uh, at like 6.30 Pacific time to record uh, with Jalen.
0: Mm-hmm. How'd that go? So can we, you play it today?
1: No, we're playing it tomorrow. Okay. We're pretty much usually, like we had one thing in the can I'll for today. An appointment. For me, yeah. You should. You know what? You should uh, text a friend. I'd like to. Um He's just an incredibly likable person. (laughs) I mean, it sucks how bad at football he is. (laughs) He's really warm.
0: He's just, you feel good around him. He's positive. He's upbeat.
1: Dude. And I'll tell you something else. Uh, I jokingly told Dan this when we were leaving, but if you want to talk about a guy who was probably really stoked on those eight and 24 second violations as a tribute to Kobe when he passed.
0: Yeah. Yeah
1: jalen smith is that guy pal
0: yes yeah 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 yeah. that's exactly right of like what a beautiful gesture
1: his numerology takes are uh i mean i want to laugh at him but i can tell he really means it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i I have numerology family members and uh i i also don't know what to do like it's beautiful that they have such a faith in the universe also it it seems like they're insane
1: yeah so obviously you know we wanted to talk about the number nine, which seems silly because for most guys changing their number, I just, like, don't really think it's that big of a deal. To Jalen, like, I feel like this is – I don't know if he's married.
0: Finally, he I'm is, free. <laughs> this is the second on. best
1: day of his life, seriously.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And there's a funny moment in the uh, in the interview, too, where uh, Dan brought it up. You know, and he's like, do you know about uh, Jalen's number nine thing, like his trick? Mm-hmm. And about multiplying nines. And I was like, what? Just like the 9, 18, 27, 36, 45, 54. And he's like, no, 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 dude. No. He's like, tell him, Jalen. And he went into this long thing about, I had no idea what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. He was like, it was about multiplying and everything adds up to nines. And nine is like the basis of the universe. And just all this, I was like, all right, dude, whatever. And I guess I didn't know that that's why he wears fifty-four
0: because it adds up to nine yes okay
1: okay he was extremely stoked on the number nine and uh the history of it so, i mean
0: obviously i knew that he wore nine in college so yeah yeah i mean
1: yeah we've all we've i all seen
0: uh, the video. i don't uh i i, I don't think that the nfl i think that i'm probably gonna stop watching to be honest because of the number yeah. thing
1: Well, we're going to have a real blind spot on this sports podcast because I'm not watching college football anymore.
0: Why Why not? Because of the NILs? Well,
1: well, today it's NIL, but yesterday it was the Super Conference. It just doesn't feel like the sport I grew up with.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you there. It's changing too fast for my liking. I know, Despite my bluster on Twitter, I'm actually pretty fucking torn up about the big move.
1: And then uh, the other thing is, I think that... Who wants to live
0: in a world where Texas doesn't play Baylor every year? They're I right know. there.
1: I know. and You could ride a bike I, from
0: one to the other if you were a really serious biker.
1: I think all the uh, complaining A&M is doing is a HIPAA violation.
0: I also think that, yes.
1: And I also think that Oklahoma, if they want to take a mental health day, they should
0: get that too. Okay, yeah. All right, it feels like you're making up hit headlines all the hot on bites. me. <laughs> yeah, <you're laughs> just trying to. Get There's no algorithm to podcasting. Are you sure? No, I'm uh, not sure. We tried it at before all.
1: with an algorithm directed by a guy who committed a double murder, and it worked out awesome.
0: <laughs> what?
1: remember when you let oj produce the show one day and you just oh kind of yeah, went, yeah yeah
0: yeah <laughs> went around the good. horn of all
1: the hot button topics of the day
0: we should do that again <laughs>
1: i'm just gonna read this pete thamel tweet to you because it makes me laugh okay uh-huh this is from like 15 minutes ago god this is good oh no breaking
0: I, I don't 12. like it already
1: yeah i know i know i know but get this though breaking not all caps Small letters, as Trump would say.
0: Okay, okay.
1: I don't know how breaking it is. Breaking. The Big 12 has sent a cease and desist letter to ESPN. The letter demands ESPN end, quote, all actions that may harm the conference and its members and that it not communicate with the Big 12 conference's existing members or any NCAA conference regarding the Big 12 conference's members, possible conference realignment, Or potential uh, financial incentive or outcomes related to possible conference realignment?
0: I mean, I realize that that's like worded in a legalistic way, but the, uh, the story seems fairly interesting to me.
1: What so it's basically the big. It sounds like like, the
0: ESPN, or at least that the Big Twelve is worried that ESPN is going to like put its thumb on the scale, like that they'll go to Baylor and be like, "Actually, we do like you in the Pac-12. So if you wanted to skate on these guys, that might be worth I don't know some money to us. I don't think Baylor to the Pac-12 specifically is what I'm, but yeah.
1: Oh yeah, that's another one that I'm a big fan of this week is if you say like Baylor to the Pac-12 uh, when someone says that's not a cultural fit. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. College college football is so goddamn stupid.
0: No, nah, I mean that's you're right, but like that is why it's good. And what is the cultural fit uh, of SEC
1: or, or, or uh, Texas or Oklahoma and the SEC that they all are states that at one point in time had slave labor?
0: No, dude, like, you, you know cool? what it means. Like, fucking, they're all fucking nuts about football. They're stoked on football? I mean, they have a similar pro. Like, you know, the Pac 12, like, uh, or Big 10, definitely. I mean, it depends on the school, but like, Northwestern is in the conference, right? Um, yeah. The, like, they, they will. I don't remember the exact... Like, I don't... Fuck. Can you believe Maryland's in the Big Ten? Um, I still screw
1: that one up occasionally
0: on the air. (laughs) Reasonably so. Uh, But, like, they turned down members in the past because, like, the Big Ten, in addition to being football programs, is supposed to be, like, large research universities. Yeah, that They they view themselves as having a similar academic mission. Uh, And so, like that's all a cultural fit the i would say the sec's cultural fit with each other is to be the exact opposite like yeah fucking research like we just employ these professors because we know that then they'd be able to live near campus and be dope to go to football games the fact that they teach classes is really just kind of ancillary
1: well you're absolutely correct uh i've been around texas football long enough to know that texas is is uh to use a a term i love hearing from you texas is cosplaying as such (laughs) yeah oklahoma's not
0: yeah (laughs) I've yeah.
1: i've been up there enough and i've been down there enough and it's uh it ain't the same but like the pac 12 what's their cultural identity they have fucking arizona and arizona state in their conference
0: yeah, but Arizona, Arizona and Arizona State have pretty... I mean, I, I would say their cultural fit is, like, they're pretty West Coast-vibey. Uh, none of them are religious institutions. Like, I don't think that Baylor and USC have a lot in common. I think but that I USC think and does. Arizona are, like, nearly the same thing. Okay, tech, though, fits. I would agree tech fits. I like tech. Okay, so Baylor, I mean, t- certainly with the Arizona schools. Yeah. In Utah. Yeah. Got a little bit of Utah. Ugh.
1: So anyways, what's going on in the news?
0: What is going on in the news, dude? I mean, I don't even know what's on my fucking notes page because it's all just the 7,000 words I wrote about this Woodstock doc. So, so <laughs> I'll Bill watch it before the end of the week, I promise. Bill Simmons does not appear in it at any point, but he fucking ruined it. Good. I'll just tell you that now. Oh, no. Just, like, no one else, I I whenever I hear some of the sentences uttered, I know whose fault this is without question. I think that yeah. of all the topics I know in my life, like I don't, I'm not happy about this. This is an accident. It's a mistake, but I would say one of the, my top 10 core competencies is just knowing Bill Simmons's thing. I've, I've read <laughs> a lot of his work. I've listened to a lot yeah. of his podcasts. I, I yeah. know the man better than I know some of my own friends And you see, I mean, like by dint of being a sports obsessed college student from 2005 to 2009, I have no choice but to exist this way. Um, And uh, whenever I hear someone be like, how was Woodstock affected by Y2K and Clinton's impeachment? It's an interesting question. I know whose fault that is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I could pick up on that, too. I might not necessarily have the master's thesis that you do. Uh, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Awful.
0: Yeah. That's and for sucks. like five but seconds, it, they'll start like giving you interesting stories about like what was actually happening there. And then it'll be back to like, what does it mean? Yeah. Fucking sucks. <clears throat> yeah.
1: And I also just wonder too, like, you know, and I mean, you can tell me more of your thoughts on it if you want. No, but no, no. I also, just, I also just wonder too, like if it would have been better to have somebody because I, I also don't really know much about the other two people that were involved in, in making it, but I wonder if it would have been better to have somebody who was a little more engaged in that scene, make it <laughs> like, I think Bill Simmons was actually really into Andre the giant. Yes. Yes. So like, I think it made sense when he made that documentary. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, I've been listening to Bill Simmons for a really long time in a bunch of different forums talking about a bunch of different things. And uh, the music scene of the late 90s never came up.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's not when he was in college, you know, like I, he didn't go. Like if, if I was someone who had a job, I 100% would have been there.
1: Yeah, and I believe that. I definitely believe that i can't but tell yeah, I,
0: I think it was a yearning in my soul I, I will never forget where i was for the whole weekend because i was in a wonderful place new Brunfels, texas floating the guadalupe river and i was i was in pure misery knowing that i was not able to uh, fucking see corn do their thing out in rome
1: isn't corn coming
0: here yeah like september Did you already buy tickets for that no you want to though no, I told you, man. Oh, you're not going not to music my anymore. Oh, you just don't like corn. I never got into it. Yeah, I well, was always
1: I was always pretty afraid of them.
0: Nah, man. I, you know, I I feel like the person the person I think comes off best in the doc is my man John Davis. JD. Yeah, I he's I he's not in it enough. I would like a doc of just purely his thoughts, but uh, you know, I I think that everything he says is great. I, I agree with all of all of the points he's making. Uh, I have a so they got away with that, huh? It's Fort Worth. Fantastic, let's do it. So I stumbled upon this because someone I should have saved uh, the tweeter to give them credit, but I didn't. Um, was uh, they they messaged me and they were like, "Hey, did I hear about this on your podcast?" And the answer was no, uh, but. I then did like uh, you know look at it and uh, now now I know about it and now it's on my podcast. Um, Can I guess? Sure. Is it Colin Davis? Absolutely.
1: You never knew about Colin Davis. I
0: had no idea.
1: Okay, this is a I'd, I've heard the legend of this pretty much my whole life, so I'll fill in some gaps for you when I please when do.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Colin Davis, son of an oil billionaire, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, Builds this beautiful house. This is how I begin hearing about the story: is that the the house is set to be torn down, and it does yeah. look like it's a pretty fucking dope house. You ever been out there? Yeah,
1: uh, I have not, but I will. I know someone who who used to go quite often.
0: <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> uh, I mean, okay. I guess so, you don't want to give more detail. <laughs> no, no, no. I
1: can. I just didn't know if you wanted to do any of the backstory for people who don't know it first. But I know. Uh, I, I have a family friend. Uh, who I, I frankly always found repulsive. Uh, he, oh shit, what is he going to hear the podcast? He's like ninety. Uh, he is the husband of my grandmother, who has passed away. Uh, he was the husband of her sister, so he was my my grandma my grandma's brother in law, and they were pretty close. Like they were around a lot
0: to Colin Davis.
1: Uh, well, so they were around us a lot. I just mean the, the the grandma my grandma and grandpa were big like pool party people, uh-huh and they would always have uh, her sister and husband, which is this okay. guy yeah and he was a Fort Worth police officer and a flat-out racist okay and would like tell stories as if it were funny about just picking people up and just beating beating them. Jesus and he openly and flagrantly would use racial slurs in front of children.
0: Oh yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. And he was kind of a creep. And, uh, and not that long ago, actually a couple years ago, I was at a wedding and he was there and, uh, I don't remember how the Cullen Davis thing came up, but they were pretty good friends with him just cause they were like in the Fort Worth socialite scene. And they're like, you know, yeah, we never believed any of that stuff about him. I mean, he had it over, He had it, uh, had us over to his house all the time, and it's a great house. <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't feel like a refutation of a murder accusation at all. Like that feels in- completely independent of the <laughs> Murderers Don't of have homes. Oh, uh, we had just watched like a, a Dateline on it. That's okay. what it was. Like yeah. Kristen and I had just watched something about it, and so she was bringing it up to my dad and my stepmom. And my stepmom's old Fort Worth, uh, old Fort Worth money. And they were like, oh, yeah, you know, that was a big deal back in the you know, the 70s it was on the news every night. And this guy who is tangentially related to me was like, I never believed any of that bullshit. You know, Cullen, he was just a, a, a sweet, sweet guy. And his house was great. <laughs> he just kept going on about the house. I'm like, I'm sold that the house was great. I'm I, not sold on anything else regarding this story.
0: It <laughs> does seem that the house was great yeah um so yeah he's he's married uh colin davis is the marriage is uh is ending both he and his wife have uh taken up other lovers i believe this was marriage number two for both of them um yes despite the testimony of your uh your distant relative there uh they seem like a bit of a mess to me but i don't know whatever who's the judge uh, you know, who, who who knows how many total marriages this podcast will have before it's all said and done. <laughs> um, but so, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're going through it and, um, it's, oh, the, the key detail here, as the divorce is proceeding, um, a judge decides that this house that Cullen, you know, like built, you know, and, and funded and financed, that it actually makes more sense for the wife and, uh, her daughter from another marriage to keep on living there and have uh, Cullen go find somewhere else. Yeah. So shortly after that happens, um, the, uh, the wife comes home one day with, uh, with her new lover, TCU basketball player Stan far. I think at that All time, right,
1: let, me, let me give you a quick 22nd timeout on Priscilla Davis.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: There's, there's one other thing about her. And I'm pretty sure that this maybe has been mentioned on the air by possibly Corby. But they were, this is back in the era when like towns were small enough to where if you were rich, you were basically a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Like they were, there was like an actual socialite scene. And she, I, <laughs> she's like one of the first women who was like clearly publicly got implants. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was like a talking point around Fort Worth.
0: That's nuts
1: because they were like big colonial people. I mean, you got to think, dude, like in the early 70s implants were not a thing.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And if you
1: look at pictures of her in the 70s, it's very clear she had implants and like would flaunt them like at the tournaments uh, and stuff and that <laughs> I just always thought like, man, what a pioneer. <laughs>
0: uh, I was so once anyways, around yeah. whenever our uh, our good friend uh, Michael Sertan was uh, was was ruminating on what a lottery that used to be. Like did that just kind yeah. of made her braid it would make her break your life like is as so, like just that uh, you know fucking Pamela Anderson like won the lottery like the doctor didn't fuck it up terribly but like right. how many people could have been Pamela Anderson if not for their doctor not like it was real hit and miss back then
1: Yeah well hers were just there so people talked about it a lot and then you know of course that helped her get a, another lover <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm sending, I'm texting you a, a picture of the lover. Um, and it, it's worth noting, this was in the uh, forward star telegram, uh, the picture. This, that's where I saw it. Uh, he's, I think that the pants are doing him some favors because they're extremely high waisted, which makes the whole thing kind of out of proportion and deceptive. But for a paper published uh, or for a photo published in a newspaper, that's the biggest dick I've ever seen in my entire life.
1: <laughs> it's an absolute hog.
0: I like the pants are kinda He's wearing some like golf pants that are a little tight, but not that tight. And he just there's not enough pant for fucking what he's got curled up down there. Yeah, so, that's
1: a that's a major, major. Uh, that's a nab yourself a socialite who's known for having a great implant size hog.
0: Yeah, dude. Big ups to my man. Stan <laughs> far. He doesn't make it out of this story.
1: Hopefully they donated the dick.
0: <laughs> one one would hope. Like I mean, obviously <laughs> they knew plastic surgeons. Uh, yeah, so we sure. we could have gotten this done. But yeah, so they're they're pulling up to the house, um, and a gunman steps out, uh, opens fire, shoots both of them. Uh, I think that yeah, Priscilla starts like running off into the woods, like she's not dead. Stands, I don't know if he's dead right then, but he does die, as I said. Uh, she's running off. Um, some of their friends pull up, like just happen to be making a social call or whatever. Uh, gunman shoots them as well, uh, goes off. Police arrive. Um, Priscilla's daughter from the previous marriage had been home uh, and they the police find that uh, she had been shot as well and she is uh, in the basement dead. Now, yep. both Priscilla and one of the people... Uh, who pulled up like one of their friends like as the gunman's opening fire is like colin (laughs) yeah (laughs) like we've got two eyewitnesses that are like yeah the guy who just got kicked out of this house he's the one that came back to the house and shot everyone he was mad at (laughs) and he did not get convicted (laughs) he's not on so they got away with this huh because like fucking uh you know like uh, he did serve prison time like it just came down i I was reading a little bit about the trial um and you know they were they were heavy on the fact that like none of his hair or i don't i don't even know if dna was a thing back then if it was it was pretty limited what but there was nothing it's not like he wrote a note saying i am cullen and then left it um, and they basically just got her on the stand and, and made her seem like a dummy. Like they, they convinced the jury that she wasn't reliable, that if she said that she saw Cullen, that in fact she did not. Uh, and so Cullen Davis never spent, uh, you know, never, never faced any punishment for quite obviously shooting five people.
1: Are you aware of the, uh, John McKay interview? No, that sounds great. Yeah. They, John McKay sat down with him
0: oh boy how soon after uh like within the year or this was like 20 years later
1: uh man i think it was i think it was like five or six years ago okay i think but i I could be wrong about that but it's I, i just remember hearing about this a few years ago like it was featured in the uh in the dateline or nightline that I saw about it and uh you know John McKay's asking him about like the wig Do you know about the wig
0: Yeah he he was doing something that, right, right to huh Yeah maybe you
1: said that but yeah the no, only I did disguise not. he had yeah. was a wig it wasn't like he didn't have a mask he didn't have yeah, like a yeah. like pantyhose he just reportedly just bought like a shitty enough wig to where immediately the witnesses knew it was him.
0: <laughs> oh, oh fuck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't go far enough with this
0: wig. <laughs> <laughs> You'd shave that day. <laughs> that's a really
1: interesting uh, yeah, that's a really interesting decision you have to make too. Like imagine trying to buy a murder
0: wig. It like, just right, used I mean, to I be still... so easy to live. <laughs> like you got people walking around like I can get away with murder if, like a wig, probably.
1: Yeah, that's it. and then yeah, you know it worked was out. Right. And then you know he uh, he was also put on trial for trying to have uh, I think it was his divorce attorney, divorce judge.
0: Yes, murdered. Yeah, he
1: yeah, he, he, yeah exactly. So he had he was he was on t- on trial again, and that time there was like tape recordings of him talking about hiring a hitman.
0: But uh, right. he just he wiggled out of it, right? Got away with that,
1: huh? Too. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he's still alive. Like, this is not a guy who's just been like dead forever.
0: Is he? I thought like, he, he was... died a couple years ago or something. I'm Man, I don't think up. so. I'm pretty you, sure I mean, he's you're still probably alive. right. You know much more about Fort Worth history than I do.
1: It was just, it was a story you heard about a lot. Yeah, you, you uh, are absolutely right. Up. Yeah.
0: So born
1: in 1933. Remember
0: not deceased.
1: Yeah. I don't recall. Um, I don't exactly recall how he got out of the hitman trial, but like, it's one of those things where similar to circle on back to OJ, I've never met anybody other than that racist guy I was telling you about who doesn't think that he did both of these things. (laughs) Like it, it was never even presented to me as like, boy, I don't know. There's a lot of questions and you know, cloudy issues around this trial. Everyone was just like, yeah, the guy who used to run Fort Worth killed his wife, killed her daughter, and then tried to have a judge killed. Anyways, he's still like kind of cooking.
0: A like, discourse yeah. analyst testified that Davis's words in the tape did not constitute solicitation of murder. <laughs> it's like they're just parsing his thing like, well, whenever you say you want to kill him, I mean is that the same thing as saying that you're going to hire someone to kill him? Boy, that feels like
1: the ultimate uh, semantics, but sure. Um,
0: he was arrested at uh, Coco's Famous Hamburger's. You ever been there?
1: No, I've heard of it. What is it?
0: It's. I mean, it was the the parking lot where he was sitting with the guy saying, yeah, I want to hire you to kill someone.
1: <sighs> Looks like...
0: And then the cops huh. said, we got him, boys. You know, go in. And he just wiggled out of it.
1: I don't think it's still there. So Dan was telling me about a guy today. This is basically just going to be a look at Wikipedia uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Dan was telling me about this today. It didn't make it on the air because, uh, you know, I was I was vomiting.
0: Oh, I heard, um, I heard of that.
1: Yeah. So he was telling me about uh, the charter vote in 1945 after uh, World War II for the united nations okay okay so that vote passed 98 to two Mm -hmm. two senators voted against it because this was the era where you know it it wasn't very popular in the senate but there were some sects of the united states that were embracing like uh, isolationism heavily
0: yeah, I'm a little surprised like I, it was 98 to 2. Uh, like, reading yeah. about – anytime you read about Dallas history stuff, uh, opposition to the UN, like, always comes up because of uh, Adlai Stevenson's visit here and how he was treated.
1: Yeah, I've heard of that. I've heard of that before. Uh, so this this senator – there was two senators who voted uh, against it. One was a guy named Henrik Shipstead of Minnesota.
0: hmm
1: And the other was a guy named William Wild Bill Langer.
0: <laughs> Love it. Not yes. enough wild bills in the Senate these days. No. And if you read
1: through like this guy's entire political life, it really just brings into focus that up until probably like 19, to the late 70s and but really if we're talking like 40s, 50s and 60s, the United States at the highest levels was run entirely by white men who were drunk all the time. <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) and participated in weird rituals and ceremonies and, like, believed crazy shit and were drunk all the time
0: Yeah, uh, and went
1: by wild bill.
0: Surely none of them ever uh, got drunk, drove off a bridge, and left a young lady to die in the car, right?
1: (laughs) So that's exactly what I'm saying, though. Oh, okay. And, like, obviously that's, like, the most popular story, but that's the most popular story you know about.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, it's, just uh, it's doing a lot of work to, to draw attention off of the one thousand other identical yeah. incidents.
1: <laughs> exactly. Let me read you. <laughs> let me read you a couple of these things. In 1951, Langer lobbied John McCloy, who was the U.S. High Commissioner for Germany, to grant a reprieve to Martin Sandberger, a high-ranking SS official who had been convicted of crimes against uh, humanity and war crimes. For his role in the mass murder of Jews during the Holocaust.
0: Mm hmm. Seems bad. And he's
1: like, that's a cause I want.
0: Hey, you know, I mean, we all just get caught up in stuff.
1: You'll uh, do the right thing. I want to say this was in the. 50s. What state did you say he's from? Uh, why, North Dakota. Okay.
0: Why do they uh, get Dakota. senators?
1: Yeah in uh let's see i think this is in maybe 1950 proposed a bill for the federal government to pay for the repatriation of african americans to the african continent
0: oh no
1: (laughs) now in this case i don't know exactly like where this movement was at that time but that was at one point in time a thing with certain uh, african-american organizations with black organizations the yeah idea i recall that, that from
0: history class that, that sure. at various times that there has been an alliance of people on yeah. both sides of the racial aisle being like it might be didn't they have like a like i thought like liberia was like yes so named yes. for that purpose
1: yes and it says uh you know this is, he was he proposed this bill after being asked to do so African-American organizations and I just like I wish I had audio of that call yeah or like they're like hey we need some help in congress and he's like I'm not helping you people with anything
0: <laughs> what if it was to get out of get out if, of North Dakota like, hmm. well
1: <laughs> me being a staunch racist <laughs> yeah. farther away from
0: actually, me you say
1: and <laughs> just you just read through all the causes that this guy was in like on board with and it's just like These, this is 50 years ago, 60 years ago. This is not like when you read about like England in the 1700s and you're like, boy, that seems bad. Like what a, what a weird system they had. It's like not
0: that long ago. Yeah. Your grandparents lived under the government of this man, possibly your parents.
1: Right. right. Actual senators who went by wild bill and had these sorts of ideas.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and, you, know, and, and, you know, uh, this is
1: one, there's probably a million of them that we could bring up. You,
0: you said you're right. And like this, I, I think that there are differences, uh, certainly, but you know, don't forget that we have a, a fucking CrossFit hot wife who thinks that there's Jewish space lasers, uh, causing wildfires currently. That's a great point. We do feel
1: like we've kind of closed the gap a little bit. We've, got, <laughs> yeah. we've, we've closed the loop. A brief period,
0: like, period, you know, of, uh. Sanity doing its best to struggle through, and that is ended.
1: But I think you even saying that is a HIPAA violation.
0: It, it could be. Um, man, I had another topic that I thought we just got close Simone to. Simone Biles? You about. No, it definitely wasn't that. Joey Gallo? Who's he going to be traded for, you think? What are the rumors? Uh,
1: let me tell you. His name is... Uh, uh, Robert Hassel.
0: Has he already been traded?
1: No, that's just the rumor. Okay, he's a uh, uh, Padres prospect, and you know, Padres Rangers.
0: Yeah, there is some uh, some connections there. Preller, he was mm-hmm. uh
1: the eighth pick last year.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: So that's that what good. at least that's what everybody seems to be saying today. Mm-hmm. but that's just me with my ear to the ground on this on the baseball pavement you know
0: yeah yeah i mean we're a sports talk host dude you should know this stuff did
1: you see that uh, the giants released kelvin benjamin today and why
0: no go on so the oh well, I, I do have another topic but yeah you yeah, go ahead go okay
1: ahead. kelvin benjamin who was a first throw, uh, first round pick what six seven years ago he's bounced around has never been able to you know get on
0: uh, James is top receiver at uh, Florida State, right? That's right. That's right. The, That's the big right. year.
1: Uh, he was released today by the uh, Giants because they saw on video footage, surveillance footage, that he was stealing food from the facility to take home.
0: What? They yeah. released him for that? Why? Wow. Yeah. Like I don't know. That had to send a chill through your body.
1: Yeah, no, I I put down several bags of chips Uh, (laughs) when I saw this news at the tennis courts at the facility today. I was like, it looked like, uh, I don't know, it was like uh, Charlie from Always Sunny, like stunned looking up with. cheeto puffs falling out of my mouth i'm like oh geez this can get you in trouble
0: like it had to be like a, a rack of ribs or something right like yeah, i really want to know I it know would that. only make sense if it were a, a truly stunning amount of food like he was just <laughs> like rolling out the pallets for the whole team just being like this benjamin's now but
1: i think it would the funniest thing would be if it was uh, a large quantity but just a large quantity of uh
0: just like struggling to carry the mayonnaise it's just too much Just
1: just duffel bags of mayonnaise
0: (laughs) i like to imagine it's just one big bottle he can't quite carry like he takes like three steps with it it. and has to put it down (sighs) (sighs) (sighs)
1: joe judge is like where are you going with our huge bottle of mayonnaise You're
0: fired, <laughs> Coach. Why are we keep it in a bottle? One bottle anyway. Only one person at a time can use it. This is efficient. Separate <laughs> from right, the anyways, theft. Your turn. Um. So, did you? Uh. Or I guess you know we, we could we could uh put a pin in this if you'd like uh, if you intend to read it or maybe you've already read it. You you recall the uh, the German pedophile story that there was a a wide scale program in Berlin to place male orphans with pedophiles yes the uh the new yorker yeah. did a, a a full investigation oh no uh it's it's amazing it's one of the best pieces of journalism i've come across in recent times um so do, do you want to like uh read it and get back to me or uh do you want to uh just like hear my takeaways now
1: uh i'm gonna read it and get back to you but you can give me a few minutes on it if you want just so we can you know wet the beak a little bit for people who don't remember us kind of referencing this before.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, ground. I just... Uh, really, if anything, the story, it's it's hard to say. Like, I don't want to say something that uh, is ridiculous and I can be attacked for. Um, so I don't... I, I just want to be clear, like, whenever I say this, I'm kind of getting at a truth, but I don't think that I'm expressing it accurately. I kind of leave the story... I mean, I guess you couldn't feel any more mad at the guy who put this all together and so i i did leave it feeling like less mad like i it it just provides a a stunning amount of cut like whenever you hear that headline you're like how could this happen or you just like assume a darkness in the world that you hadn't believed you you'd you'd feared might be there but hadn't been able to believe uh and whenever you read the story you're kind of like okay obviously obviously everyone involved um, needs to be in jail. However, I'm not, like, confused how he got there anymore. They, they trace the journey in a way that, like, makes sense. And, I mean, they also document the damage, you know? So it's it's not like, like, I, I'm not backing off of what I said two seconds ago of uh, everyone involved should be in jail. Um, because, yeah, they they do a great job of examining the stakes of the decision that he's made there. Um, by like, there's, there's a guy that they talked to that was one of the people who was in the program. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're talking about like, that's, that's just a great way of doing that in general. You know, like if, if you can get real specific about like, this is his, this is this dude's life. This is how it is now. Like he basically can't work. He can't live in society. Like if he fucking like passes someone on the street that bears even a passing resemblance to the dude that fucking terrorized him his entire life he just like breaks down like his whole like fucking not just like his body his system just like goes cold you know just like fucking shuts down um and so you know but whenever you're wondering how does someone arrive at a program that allows this sort of thing uh like they really kind of paint the picture that this dude you know was certainly driven by his own fucking sensibilities like he the guy
1: who created the program
0: the guy who created the program okay. also had you know like a couple kids that he kept for himself um, yeah. and uh you know it's all incredibly fucked up but like you you fit you see how he got there uh it you know I don't know it's it's just it's tell a really well the, done piece
1: tell me just what the I don't recall what were the what was the underpinning logic of the intentions?
0: He said that <laughs> this is so nuts. And that like a group of government officials just like nodded along. And we're like, good point. He's like, well, we do know they will develop a connection with the child. Oh, like they're not going to just toss them aside. They, they care about these kids.
1: That is fucking insane. TC. <laughs> I, for some reason, i For some reason in my head, I thought there was like uh, some research that he showed that there was like,
0: yeah, I I mean, he has a whole thing, you know, uh, you know, the article does a good job of explaining his full worldview. It's got like a lot of its response to Nazism, like that, that, and it gave me a lot to think about, about Nazism of just like they, they were saying that, uh, there was apparently like the, who would, who would you say is like a big parenting guru these days? um you know whatever they're like uh what to expect when you're expecting was basically like you know you gotta fucking beat these kids like the only thing that matters is obedience like you're you're like just basically the leading minds at the time were advocating the torture of children and this guy's dad bought in whole hog and they're just they're saying that like this Like, whenever you're denying all of your desires that way, that, like, that energy has to go somewhere. Um, Also, whenever you're, like, promoting obedience as this kind of thing, uh, the question, obedience to whom, comes up. Like, it it requires a figure that everyone can, like, bow down to. You know, when, when all you're trained to do your entire life is to bow down, you are hungering for someone to be like, yes, I'm the one you bow down to. And so, you know, Hitler was uh, performing a role that everyone in that that society was yearning for. And so they're like, obviously that's bad. Um, So this like uh, denial of desire is is what created these conditions. So what if we didn't deny any desires ever? (laughs) Like what if just every thought that came into our head, we were just like, yep, yep, that's good. We'll do that. And that's how you end up here.
1: And it was a government program.
0: Yeah, no, I mean he he was he became the what to expect of when you're expecting of his generation. He was like the like whatever people wanted to understand, like the entire like academia and the government and everyone was, you know, like listening with bated breath to what how to you know him describing how all of this works. And he was, you know, I mean he had a lot of ideas. I'm sure that some of them were fine, but one of them was Like, cause he, he heard about a program where like, uh, not a program, but just, there were a bunch of fucking gutter punks that lived around a train station. And, uh, you know, he was trying to learn more about the whole thing. And he found out that there was a guy that would like take them in and bathe them and give them food as long as they would suck his dick. And he was like, you know, what if we could do this more? Uh, which not a thought (laughs) that would occur to me. He was
1: asking how to scale.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, I'd be like, "Could we get the guy in jail? Um, that's what I think is an appropriate question. Jesus Christ.
1: Okay, then I will read this and I will watch Woodstock and uh, I will report
0: back. Okay, cool, man.
1: You're not going to give me a Simone take at all, huh? You don't want to be <laughs> I, part of the discourse?
0: I just – I have not, like, dug it. I know that she did withdraw um, – I assume that she did so for good reasons. Like, really, I think that if I had done a ton more reading, I I would never be comfortable commenting on it because, like, I have thoughts that immediately occur to me. But, like, without, like, if I were Simone Biles' best friend, that's the only time that I feel like I could talk, you know, like, there's a certain amount of, like, mental anguish that I would be like, yeah, of course, like, go home and take care of yourself. And, like, I don't know – I have no idea what, like, whatever thing that she's upset about. Uh, I, I, I don't know what it – like, I haven't learned what it is. But even if it is, like, even if I did, uh, you know, it's just – it's a complicated situation. Like, how – no outsider ought to opine on it. That's my opinion.
1: Yeah, unless, you know, you feel like you have to, um, which I somewhat – feel like i do but i also don't necessarily feel comfortable doing it and and definitely like what makes it complicated is the backdrop of this like she was one of nasser's victims
0: oh was she the whole
1: i'm pretty sure dude i
0: didn't know
1: yeah i think uh i'm pretty sure she was but you know what though there's been there's been more than one gymnastics coach like caught up in this whole scene in the last or doctor in like the last 10 years. So it just feels extra icky to say, so you just can't compete today because you're feeling down when you're talking about somebody who was, you know, essentially molested. And that's why like, I want to make like a larger point, but I think this is such a unique case that I don't know if it can be uh, extrapolated and turned into a larger point because the larger point that I would try to make, like back when we were talking about Kyrie, uh, around, when was that that was probably like in february or march is just like i am fascinated by the idea that in our lifetime like the whole athlete warrior trope is going to crumble
0: yeah i I, mean
1: i'm not not saying that's a bad thing i think there
0: will always be athletes in our culture that define themselves that way you know like Kyrie irving exists but so does jj watt you know
1: Right, yeah. I just don't know, like, if, if in 30 years that looks more 50-50 than it does yeah, 95-5. Yeah. But
0: I think it's never going to zero on the, the J.J. Watts, Probably right? not. Yeah.
1: And there's a lot of people that would tell you that blame, like, Michael Jordan for this ever happening.
0: What? You know? Which part of like it?
1: That Mike, just that Mike, the, the the fact that it wasn't always this way or the fact that it was so far the other way, just the idea that the fact that Michael Jordan was, like, a joyless competitor Who was like fuck everybody and everything in my path? Uh, There is no such thing as my mental health. There is only the outcome which I exist to influence and influence in my favor. Yeah, like obviously Kobe picked up that mantle, and you know it's pretty popular in the in the NFL too and the NHL. It's popular in general, but those two guys in particular were like the definition of. uh, I don't want to hear the term mental health. Your mental health is go win. Yeah. And probably made a lot of people really unhappy who were simply not able to function in that way because that's such a unique composition of a human being and thought that they were supposed to be able to do that. And then when they couldn't felt like failures or felt this type of way or whatever.
0: Yeah. I mean, but, I, I thought the documentary did a, a wonderful job of, uh, you know, drawing the picture of like how Michael's upbringing shaped that right of like, yeah. Um, his dad never like showed him like he was he was always trying to prove something to his dad in a way that a child should yeah. never have to prove to their father. Um, and so like I I do like I I have no doubt that you're right um, that like people who did not need to respond to that trauma uh, then had this uh, trauma response like imposed onto their lives um, and that's a negative. But uh, I I also think that. Like Michael Jordan's the most prominent example, but I would think that's a somewhat common situation amongst athletes, right? Like, not all of them grew up with perfect you know, amongst people, not all of them grew up with perfect sure. parents. And so, you know, I, I don't think he's like singularly responsible, right? Like I, I think that if he was never born, there would have been someone who was successful And like, he definitely has an impact because I don't, I don't think that this like, uh, you know, uh bizarro Michael Jordan would be as successful as the actual Michael Jordan because no one has been. Um, so yeah, like I think the, the prominence that like his attitude plays is uh, is is a credit to him or, you know, credit might not be the right word, but is attributable to him. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think that that like general idea uh, is just ingrained in humanity and so would always be around.
1: And it's kind of funny too, the further you get away from an event, like how you uh, start to shrink and tighten up the narrative because, you know, he was really bummed out and went to go play baseball.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah.
1: And that was like you know largely because of yeah something that, that was happened his, in his mental in his personal break. life right but yeah. you know it just doesn't usually get mentioned in that in that same in that same way I guess but I don't know again I I, I don't want to be hot take guy I hate feeling like I'm uh, I'm letting down my uh, my constituency but it's just really hard for me still to wrap my head around the idea that in athletics which do take like a different degree of marrying mental and physical focus that it might not become that uncommon in my lifetime probably older older years before it's like not a surprise but that somebody's just like no nah, I'm not feeling it today yeah i'm just not feeling it today and you know I hate myself even more for reflexively having a negative response to that because I think that my negative reflexive response to it is tied to the money. Like the first thing I think of is like, bro, I don't know. Like there's a certain amount of money that once you're making it, you don't really, you sort of seeded the ability to be like, no, not today. And like, that's inhumane, <laughs> but I'm yeah. I, being honest with you. That is my response. Yeah, like I, I mean, just you I know. think like all right, shit, dude. You can't you know you can you can't you can call into your uh, job at the grocery store like when I was in high school and I was going to miss forty bucks that day. I don't know if you could just call into like a playoff game.
0: Like yes and no. It's I I, I don't think that the money creates obligations in quite that way. Like I I think that they like. They can exercise the mental health days for the same reason that they uh, get the money. And it's because, you know, they're tremendously fucking valuable. Like they, it just means so much to the owner's fucking pocketbook, whether or not they're part of the team um, that yeah. like, you know, that, that that puts them in a trem- like all the cards are in their hand. Uh, and like, I, you know, I, I think that I think it's good for all of us if the workers who have power exercise that power fully because they are the ones setting the conversation in a way that the rest of us never can. But if that becomes commonplace, then, you know, uh, a situation where like I'm having a really tough time and honestly think that, you know, like, you know, if you're in a situation where like your fucking family's falling apart and you're like, I need just a week to like hash this out. Like I, I do think a world in which LeBron James is taking a day like you know once every couple months cuz he just has some other stuff going on uh, th- that it's easier for me to get my week in that world. Like it's not that strong of a relationship, but I think there is a relationship.
1: That's a good point that I hadn't really thought about, like just that how it how it might filter out to other parts of the culture, but does it am I being alarmist for it all thinking that that if that becomes commonplace in athletics, that like athletics might not be as big of business.
0: <laughs> uh, nah, like, I, don't pie, I mean, what else like, in
1: general could get smaller if people are able, like, I doubt if, it. If the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know any of this. I'm just sort of talking it out. I also think that people that. our
0: age and younger are more likely. So like what I, you're, th- you're thinking about this like in the future, right? Like if this becomes commonplace, then what will athletics yeah. look like 20 years from now? I mean, 20 yes. years from now, everyone – like I, I would think that this kind of thing is incredibly popular with people our age and younger compared to our age and older, right? Um, and yes. so the people who, then, it, they'll all be 20 years older and they will make up – you know the majority of the the you know uh, sports watching public, and I think that they're you know I we all get it like, and I think that people are correct about like viewing mental health in this way. I, I think that there are demands pa- placed on ourselves by society that is is creating permanent harms that uh, we should not just accept and live with. I think that we can make a better world by carving out more you know, like respect for these kinds of things, like in the way that, you know, like it used to be that if you fucking broke your arm, you had to keep working, you know? Um, and now if you suffer the, uh, the mental equivalent of a broken arm, people have started to wonder whether or not you ought to have to keep working in the same way. And I think that's, you know, good and correct and going to be better off for everyone if we have that approach.
1: I do think it, it's better off for everyone. I guess what I'm saying, and I'll wrap it up with this, is just I think a big part of the economics of athletics is built on the opposite of that. Yeah, yeah, like that's whether true. Whether it's Nike, you know, the what Nike's selling you, you know, the NFL is not like uh, showing two helmets crashing together and creating like an explosion for Monday Night Football pre-game, pregame anymore, but they are absolutely selling you on the idea that you are watching the modern gladiator. Yeah. And I just sometimes wonder, like, all right, well, what is the what is the public facing and like the marketing?
0: Yeah, you know the, the element of sports compared look like to the actual 20, gladiator. I'm, I'm just the, interested in it. As sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. I did not mean uh,
1: no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I just I think it's an interesting element of it. Of just you know, what does that look like in 20, 30 years? What does a Nike ad look like yeah. in 30 years?
0: I mean, I, just referencing the gladiators indicates that there's a trend, right? like uh, the, the the actual gladiators would think that the fact that you're wearing pads is pretty fucking pussy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, so we're we're just keeping on down that line. The thing that I will end with is to let you know that uh, I did listen to uh, at least half of the Come town where Adam shit himself uh, last <laughs> night, so.
1: Yeah, I was sitting in the airport on Sunday or Saturday. I'm like, TC, you've got to hear this. Yeah, the Uh, July 7th uh,
0: non Patreon come town starts off with Adam shitting himself.
1: (laughs) And, like, I don't know if he's pretending or not, but he's definitely (laughs) crying.
0: Dude, I don't think he's pretending, and I think he is crying. I, I mean, I just imagine if it were me, like yeah. he doesn't ask them not to like publish it or not to talk about it and everything. And that's that's to his credit, you know, that he just <laughs> he's just ready to take it. That because I think that in a different situation, certainly not one where Cometown was involved, if if one of our episodes started out with you shitting yourself or me shitting myself, I don't think that the other one would be like, all right, hit record, and we're gonna fucking talk about this. <laughs> um, if um, I
1: showed up to your house, just blown out podcast, down the back, and I had white pants on and shit myself when we sat down, I might cry.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, hundred <laughs> um, percent. It's it's
1: it's not off the table.
0: <laughs> no, the the line that uh, like they they'd been done talking about the shitting for like twenty or thirty minutes, and Adam like made some kind of comment to stop that was slightly slightly challenging, and I lost it because Stav was just like. How about you go shit yourself again, pal? <laughs> how would that
1: not be how would that not be your insults with someone for the rest of your life?
0: I know it. I know it. God, you just feel so awful because like i you know i don't think that he deserves uh the, the guffy gets i think he's a talented comedian and uh it seems like just a joyous personality we have been in the same room before it was an extremely large room the house of blues in las vegas but uh block
1: walking baby
0: you know i don't he didn't come out and block walk um but uh yeah uh he, he seems like a great guy to me i i wish they'd be nicer to that that to mummy's cheeky boy but uh you know (laughs) that doesn't look like it's gonna start now
1: yeah i was gonna say no progress made on that day (laughs) on that episode yeah all right man good times i'm gonna go vomit again
0: all right see ya that's it for tonight the high school special is next so until tomorrow for everyone who's been a part of this one i'm tc and jake we do thank you for watching good night